Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Wednesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Trent Condon and Ken Miller were with you for the next couple of hours and appreciate you spending some of that time here with us as we talk sports with you. BMW of Des Moines guest list. Uh, looks like this here this morning. Bottom of the hour, one of our go-to NFL guys, Frank Schwab from YahooSports.com. He will join us at the bottom of the hour. Uh, we'll take a look at the, uh, well, more than just the four locals with uh, Frank Schwab. We'll go around the league in the 15 minutes or so that we will uh, spend with the Wisconsin grad Frank Schwab at 10. 30. Mitch Holtis in his normal spot, although they are coming to an end as we uh, see the month of August dwindling away. Mitch Holtis, Papa John's of Central Iowa, sponsors the voice of the Chiefs. He'll be here at uh, 1050. Tyree Kill is in the spotlight with Mitch here today. 11 o'clock on a Wednesday, or 11.05 to be exact, means that David Kaplan is going to be here, Centurion Stone of Iowa. I see the tweet that you sent out, Trent Condon, with the guest list. You put Cappy and the White Sox and the Bears. and Yeah, we're not talking about the Cappy conspic- Cubs. Conspicuously absent, the Chicago, and I agree with you, uh, yeah. the Cubs. And that'll be one of the if uh, first time, maybe, uh, that when we promote Cappy on the show, we never uh, tagged the Cubbies. But although they were rained out yesterday, double dip for them today. And then finally, at the end of our uh, 11.30 or thereabouts, uh, for the first of multiple weeks in a row, our friend Stephen M. Sipple from the Lincoln Journal Star, as we said yesterday, not sure he'll be in that spot on Wednesdays uh, going forward, but Sip will be with us every week throughout the Big Ten season. Um, I love his contribution. They're a big rival. Whether you like Nebraska, whether you hate Nebraska, uh, you'll know about Nebraska when Sip joins us each and every week. So, um, hard knocks last night was mm-hmm. nah, guys, it was okay. Boy, the numbers are just in the tank. I'm part of those numbers that are in the tank. Oh, outside of the first episode, in a touch of the second, haven't dove in. Yeah, it's um, they, they it, the show needs a kick in the pants. Mm-hmm. It, it it does. I don't know what uh, what team that would be uh, that would provide that, but I don't think the Cowboys the the, the public is embracing it uh, this year. Yes, it's up from last year. But everything was up from last year. Going back to 2019, the show is just getting hammered uh, ratings-wise. Uh, baseball we'll get into, I'm sure, at some point. Maybe we'll do so with Cap. So I guess we should start with the alliance that was unveiled uh, at 1 o'clock yesterday afternoon. Uh, the three commissioners, they went to the expense of getting that uh, backdrop uh, with all three of the conference logos on it. Kevin Warren from the uh, uh, from the Big Ten. Uh, Klafkov, Klafkov, you know who I Klevikov. mean. Klevikov from the Pac-12. Uh, and then Jim Phillips from the ACC. Look, there was they seemed to be caught off guard when one member of the media, and I don't know who it was, asked about the contract. You know, I've got this in writing. Nope. <laughs> no, but we looked each other in the eye. Well, yeah. Hmm. How does that work out? Look at each other in the eye. We're not talking about a mom and pop shop here. Right. We're talking about billion dollar uh-huh. corporations uh-huh. 
that are doing it with a with, hinge. With some magnificent hinge. brands underneath those, uh, in, in all of those conferences. Yeah, we're going to... All 41 of the presidents are aware, and we've got their word. Well, we'll see uh, where this goes. Look, I think what we... I think part of the disappointment, I think a big part of the disappointment, I want to rephrase that, was the fact that we'd hoped to get more meat on the bone, right? Mm -hmm. We'd heard this from the night before. What does this mean? What does this mean going forward for those three conferences? From where we sit, what does does it mean for the school that might be on the outside looking in? What's going to happen to the rest of the Big 12? Uh, when's the scheduling start? How are you, are you going to be able to get out of some of these contracts that are already in place? The only thing I really took away from that from yesterday was I got a better sense of where all three of the conferences stand as far as their feelings for the college football playoff. And they were very, very, very guarded in how they answered the question because they don't want any antitrust. Mm-hmm. They don't want this to be seen as a voting block, uh, which it is. Right. Uh, but they would never, and they shouldn't. Obviously, they would never let on that. But that, to me, was maybe as much as anything. They're all for it. They just don't want the SEC and the ESPN to dictate how this is going to happen. And with it, it comes money, and that's and where it's going to air precisely. Because if ESPN, if we, what we thought we were trying to back in June, where we were going to get the twelve-team college football playoff, and mm-hmm. it was going to start in twenty twenty-three before the contract comes to an end with the fourteen playoff currently. That means it wouldn't go out to bid. That means ESPN would get those extra games. That's an extra seven games that would be on their docket. Mm-hmm. You take that away. Mm-hmm. And because of that, Fox doesn't have a chance to bid. CBS, whoever right. else wants to be involved, they can't be involved because it just automatically goes to ESPN the way the contract is written. And it may well end up there. Yes, and I still think it will uh-huh. be a 12-team playoff. Right. It'll be in 2025. Yeah, That's when we will see it, is 2025, because... Pac-12, Big Ten, and for all intents and purposes, the SEC as well, though they're partnering with ESPN, they know it's better for them financially to have this thing go out to bid. Mm-hmm. You, know, you look to the future and the future of the SEC contract, and we're talking of upwards of $75 million per team mm. per year, mm. and that thing might be pushing $100 million per team per year by the time we get to that if you open it up for bidding with the 12-team playoff, and that's ultimately what's going to happen. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're 100% right. So um, this was a, again, as we kind of anticipated yesterday, it was a power play. Mm-hmm. It was in your corner, in one corner, there's the SEC and ESPN, and then there was three other corners. Well, now those three corners have all converged in one. And the Pac-12 and the Big Ten and the ACC are now aligned as we found out with the alliance yesterday. But, uh, you know, the, the the fellas kind of were caught off guard to an extent. But they made their point. They're together. Uh, I, I think that they've gone too far is to see nothing come out of this. I didn't like the fact that, and it just jumped off the TV screen, right? That Bob Bowlesby wasn't there. Mm-hmm. You know, they all love Bob Bowles. We have a great deal of respect for Bob Bowlesby. Well, not enough to invite him. Um, because they're not part of the they alliance. They aren't part of the alliance. They're not. And here's the other thing. You know, the more I think about this yesterday, this whole Dave Wanstead crap. Yeah. Why in the world would anyone want K-State? Right. Right? K-State's going to the Pac-12? I mean, look, it's, it's, I should have stopped reading as soon as I saw that sentence or those, put, uh, those words put together. Why would the K-State, why would anybody want K-State, let alone the Pac-12? Going in past summers when we go through this exercise, what does ultimately college football look like? And we always got to, 
four-team, 16-team leagues. Mm -hmm. Because it was easy. Mm -hmm. It was the easiest way. That's not the way this is going. It's going to end up at 57. I don't think there's any expansion. Now, Klyavkov? Klavkov. 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 George K. Um, Pac-12 dude. Right. Came out, and he will let us know by the end of the week mm-hmm. uh, what what the what his conference's plans are for expansion. You're not going to hear K State. No, <laughs> I don't think you're going to hear anything. Why would they expand? There's no need to expand at this point. I think it's going to be 57, which is where we're at now, because Notre Dame's going to be part of it. Mm-hmm. So that's the. Um, you know, in the 16 SEC teams, the three teams are the three conferences plus Notre Dame. We're at 57. The math doesn't work out real well. But why would you keep adding schools to this? Right. And why do you Sadly, have to? What do you have to? What does 64 do that 57 doesn't? It, 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 it dilutes the pie is what it does. Right. That's all that it does. Mm-hmm. So you look at this financially. This is what it's going to be. And yes, Kansas and Iowa State and Oklahoma State, they have more value than Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. Than Vanderbilt, than Oregon Mississippi State, State, Washington State. Absolutely, they do. That's not the structure no. that it was. You're, you were in the wrong conference. Yeah. You are in the wrong time. conference. Opportunity wasn't there. There nope. was more than anything. Yeah, they're, they're, Trent, they're way shinier than those schools we just mentioned. No way doubt. Way shinier. But they're in the wrong conference. And that's the way that mm-hmm. this played out. So I don't think, and I still don't think this is a death knell for Iowa State. And I continue to hear this, that it's over. And it's going to be come some mid-major, or even worse than that. I don't see that happening at all. I still truly believe, and especially, as you brought up yesterday, if they can get a football scheduling alliance with the SEC, who are going to be looking for non-conference games, Mm -hmm. if you can do something there, yeah, the SEC Big 12 Basketball Challenge, same thing in Mm -hmm. football, if you're able to do that, you can salvage this conference with the right additions, and you have to make the right choices here. I believe you have to get to 12. I think there's strength in numbers. And though, yes, it's not going to be the Big 12 as we know it, it's still a really good conference. And there are going to be years where they're not automatically every year the fifth best conference. Sure. There will be years yeah. that it will be up there and will be considered better than the Pac-12, maybe bigger than, better than the Big 10 in some mm-hmm. seasons. There will be what those opportunities. What about the money, though? I, I agree with you, but let, mm-hmm. let's get to the most important thing. What about the money? I don't think it's the haircut that a lot of people think. Okay, it's not going to be the eight million dollars that you just the mentioned. Big East the, gets. the SEC's on the precipice of seventy-five million. Yeah, I mean uh, the Big Ten's very powerful, uh, the, and, and they'll be right there as well. Right, but where? So what does that do with whatever your Big Twelve looks like? Is twenty-five million at that point? And we're talking about twenty twenty-eight. I think is about when that is twenty-five million dollars a year out of range. You still have some brands there. You still have good football teams. You still have access to the playoff and mm-hmm. an opportunity, I think, for multiple teams in some years sure. to get into the playoff. You have a great basketball league. I don't think it's nuts to think $25 million a year compared to what they're getting right now. It's about shy of 40 about $35 million a year to get to that point. Now, it's not what it could have been if Texas and Oklahoma would have stayed because mm-hmm. at that point you're probably pushing 40 to 50 mm-hmm. when you get to that level. But it's still attainable. It's still, I think, a likelihood that... Oh, every project we got is a scrap. We can't build the bridge anymore. Right. Everything is off the table. Yeah, we're going to have to renovate and take down seats and jack trice. I, I think that's too far. Mm-hmm. You're still going to have games that matter. You're still going to have conference championships to compete for. And more than anything, what sells? Winning. Winning sells. That's what Matt Campbell said. And if you are continually, every single year, 8-4, and 9-3, and three, and every 3-4 three, years you're pushing for a playoff bid and winning mm-hmm. a conference championship... They're going to fill up Jack Trice Stadium, even if it is 
Baylor and Oklahoma State and Cincinnati coming to town, you're still going to fill it up because you're watching a good football team. Yeah, it's just it's just the the perception that comes along with being relegated, you know, to the you're no longer a power. Well, let's call it a power four. Because- but will they be relegated? Because yesterday there was still a lot of talk about the autonomy five, the mm-hmm. five power conferences as they're structured, and if you can compete. Because the American has been fighting this from the beginning. Sure. Since they the Big East split away, basketball only league, and they formed the American Athletic Conference, they've been fighting this. And they've had good teams, and they've had opportunities, and it feels like they themselves are right on the precipice of being there. you got Cincinnati ranked in the top ten. Mm-hmm. This is the first time we've had, in the playoff era, a team preseason outside of the Power Five with a top ten ranking. UCF, we've heard the fight, we heard it, but those were really good football teams. Sure they were. And that was the part I think so many people missed. Okay, they weren't national champions, they didn't get an opportunity, but that was a really good football team. You're going to have an opportunity in the new era to do that. You're going to have an opportunity mm-hmm. to compete for conference championships. Because the playoffs championship. going to expand. I don't think this is the death knell that so many people want to paint, though, for Iowa. State. So you don't see you don't see this as a um, um, as a drop down. You don't see this as your 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 school that you root for in the conference that they're in. It's not like going. I'll use my sport. It's not like you're you're an NHL city one day, the next day you're in the AHL. Right? No, not at all. Because you can still play for a national championship. Mm-hmm. You can still get to a final four in basketball. You can still win championships. Yeah, but it's about football. It is, ultimately. Mm-hmm. But for a fan of Iowa State, it's not only about football. Sure. It's also about basketball. Yeah, it's yeah. also about everything well, else. We, we've seen a team in Loyola, Chicago. Speaking of basketball, and I know this is a different part of the conversation. You're sitting here, you've got a really good basketball league. An expansion comes with whoever. Cincinnati, good program. Mm-hmm. Memphis, good program. Mm-hmm. UCF, I think, has a chance to be a good program. BYU. Why don't you make a phone call to Gonzaga? Of course, they don't have football. Yeah, that's just it. But basketball only. A mm. basketball only member. You stay in the WCC for your other sports. You turn, they, 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 they get nothing out of playing in the WCC. They don't right. get pushed. But you play Kansas twice a year, mm-hmm. and Iowa State, and Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State, State, and yeah. Baylor, yeah. and Memphis, and Cincinnati, and whoever else is part of that conference. Mm-hmm. Gonzaga's got to listen at the mm-hmm. very least. And mm-hmm. now you're improving that brand. And when you strengthen it with Gonzaga, one of the true top brands now, a blue blood of college basketball. I like the way you're thinking. Now you've got to bring somebody else with them because you've yeah. got to balance it out. Yeah. Go 13. You get your four that are football members and add one more. How about Wichita State then? Okay. Another basketball. That's, I just want, just want you to balance it out for you, basketball. You like balance. You All know right. what? I kind of like this idea. The, the, you, it's at the point where you've got to kind of think outside the box Absolutely. because it looks as though your fate is, I don't want to say sealed. Look, I talked to a guy on the way to work today who's absolutely convinced. Convinced. And, and, and bet me dinner. That Kansas and Iowa State are going to the Big Ten. I told him he's nuts. I told him, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I don't think any of these conferences are going to expand. No. I want to be proven wrong. I don't think I will. I, I can't see a path that that makes sense outside of the Dave Wanstead's of the world. And, and for them, to, again, I should have stopped reading when I said K-State to the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. I mean, on that list of eight remaining schools. we got to have back. Manhattan, Kansas? Yeah, you think the people at Stanford right. are looking at a poorly ranked land-grant university oh. and saying, yeah, that's who we need to team up with. Right. That's going to strengthen our conference. Mm-hmm. I get the central time zone. They want to expand. They got the, the Pacific. They got a team, a couple of teams in the mountain time zone. They want that. But K-State? Right. Because if they're going after Kansas, the state, mm-hmm. they're going after Kansas. Right. 
And unless Kansas does have that Big 12, but it's just, mm-hmm. it's not happening. It, it was, you know what it was? It was a bunch of guys, I think, BSing around the water cooler at Fox. Why would they, why would these people who are making, I mean, if, if you're an executive Fox and you're involved in these meetings, mm-hmm. you're pretty buttoned up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Dave Wanstead's going to be your guy that's going to come out and, 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 and break your story for you and do so on a Chicago radio station where college sports don't even matter? Right, yeah. Yeah, this isn't a big national. No. This isn't fine bomb. No, but you know what? That show, what is it? Mully and somebody. Mully and Hanley? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, uh, score, right? Yeah. 670, the score. Yeah, I used to listen over. to the score all the time when Did I was in Eastern Iowa, yeah. Um, they got they got a lot of publicity for that for that piece right. yesterday because it got a lot of clicks. That podcast or whatever it was, Dave Wanstead, of all people, <laughs> breaking the news where all of these schools are going to end up. And then, not um, <laughs> not including any of the Texas schools. It was Texas Tech and Kansas State were the two to the Pac-12. Oh, it wasn't that? I thought it was Oklahoma State. Oh, maybe it was. Yeah, that doesn't make sense either. It doesn't make sense. It it, it doesn't make sense. Anyways, we'll see. Uh, We'll see where this goes. I would be shocked if we don't see something come out of it. Honestly, now I think that these three commissioners have seen the blowback that they've got and the criticism that's come uh, along with their 45 minutes of really nothing and... There's almost like they're backed into a corner. Oh, yeah? You think this is nothing burger? Well, stay tuned, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I don't think they want to be embarrassed like this. I thought they all did well answering the questions, I was, except they weren't prepared. I was more impressed than I've ever been with, with Kevin, Kevin Warren. Warren. Yeah, he did, he did good, didn't he? That was my biggest mm-hmm. takeaway and something that didn't have a whole lot there. So Kevin Warren, I walked away impressed. Something that a year ago mm-hmm. certainly was not the case. Right. Kevin Warren, he became a dirty word. A right. lot of Big Ten schools I know and conferences, did. and a lot of people, not just his decision to stop football at the time, but also the way that it was handled, the mm-hmm. way that it came out. And The schedule came out, then it didn't come out. Right. Right, then he took it away. For, he gave us a schedule, and then they took it away. Uh, yeah. No, he, he did good yesterday. Phillips is uh, bright. Mm-hmm. The one thing about uh, George K. That, that stuck with me was when he was asked about the scheduling and the contracts that go out, and he mentioned the fact that, and I'm paraphrasing, but somewhere along the lines, but, you know, these new matchups might be pretty, um, uh, might be in, de- in demand to these television networks too. Yeah, we might have to give up one of these contractually uh, games that we've got in place already, but what if we replace this game, ESPN, with um, with UC- USC and Ohio State? Right. You don't think that would be appealing? So while he did say that, he, he did kind of leave a little bit of wiggle room. So um, we'll see. It, we all wanted more, right? We wanted clarity. We wanted to know the fate of some of these, well, particularly the one just to the north of us here and, and their seven brethren. What does this mean? The only thing, and I'm glad that, well, I think it was Kirk Bowles from the Austin American Statesman that asked the question about what does this do uh, for for the Big Twelve, well, we've nothing but respect for Bob Bowlesby. We're gonna watch very closely what's going on with the Big Twelve. Okay, and then what? We're all gonna watch closely. <laughs> you guys can actually do something. The rest of us that are watching closely can't. What are you gonna do? There's, they're not getting that. What are they gonna do? Big Twelve <laughs> needs to do something, though. Yes, they're sitting on their heels now. Maybe it'll be as soon as when the Pac-12 makes their announcement. That they're not expanding. And when that happens, the wheels will then be set in motion. Here's another thing. 
speaking of the American Athletic Conference, mm-hmm. we talk about grant rights all the time and how expensive it is for so many of these teams to get out of deals. Do you know that the American Athletic Conference does not have a grant of rights? Is that right? I do. So go get Central Florida. Mm-hmm. Go get Cincinnati. Go get whoever you want out of that conference. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to cost you a penny. Didn't know that. Is that that's interesting. Uh, let's get Jeff in here. Uh, Frank Schwab coming up at the bottom of the hour on the NFL. Hello, Jeff. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Good. Um, I just want to make sure I got this right. So just roll with me with this because this is all kind of just a moving part. So Iowa's going to get four home games, uh, four road games, and then they possibly would play somebody out of the – ACC, and somebody out of the Pac-12, correct? Correct. Okay, so, and in any given year, let's just go with me again. It could be Clemson, it could be USC. Right. Now, yep. if Iowa State doesn't make it into the Big Ten or the uh, the Alliance, and they're in some conference that Trent's trying to say, I'm sorry, Trent, but there's there when, when we say follow the money, there's no money in that conference. I, I don't see I don't see a big-time big player giving whatever conference they want to call that um, a piece of the pie. I, I think it's a joke, to be honest. So, but just let, let me follow with this. So, if that's Iowa's schedule, why would Iowa, if they have two non-cons, play Iowa State? I, I don't think they would, they and they certainly wouldn't play him in Ames. Right. And I don't think if if that was the case, how would Pollard handle that? Would he? Would Would Pride get in the way? Well, we're not going to play you with your place every year. I I, I think well, the series ends. I think the series would end. And, and I, for, you know what, I don't blame Pollard if that's the case, if that's the way it goes. And, and for people, you know, I've heard yesterday and talk about, well, you know, it's a great rivalry. You know, they, there's, there's plenty of rivalries. Texas, Texas A&M, you know, the Florida schools, Nebraska, Oklahoma. I mean, there's plenty of rivalries that don't mm-hmm. go on anymore. Mm-hmm. So if Iowa State, and I'm an Iowa State fan, if they can't make it into the Big Ten, and then if I'm an Iowa guy, I'd say, listen, Iowa State, you want to play us? You're going to play us at Kinnick every year. Take right. or leave it. And, and I think they would leave it. it. I think then, they would leave then it. it. Then it's gone then because yep. they don't have to, they don't have the cards, guys. No, Until I, we figure out what cards they have. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, They're in a bad spot. They're in a terrible spot. And I don't know where you stand. Um, I don't think keeping keeping the Big Twelve and adding four schools. I don't think that's the way to go. But if they can't get in into the alliance, then I guess that's the way to go. Uh, that's that, that's uh, honestly, I think that's their best option at that point. It, not not to be absorbed by the AAC. Actually, bring the heavy heads from that conference, bring the four biggest names, and create your twelve team conference. Actually, I like Trent's idea. You know, I thought he, when I first heard it, I thought, "What are you talking about?" But well, if for basketball, I'm talking right it's, because there's well, money in basketball. I know it's a football decision, but you you got to start thinking outside the box if that's where you're relegated to. I, I agree, and again, and I'm an Iowa State fan, and I've heard Trent say this before, this is the first year Iowa State's really been really, really good. So if Iowa State's just average, and Cincinnati is just above average, who's their selling point in this conference? I mean, Iowa State's not going to be a top-10 team every single year. Cincinnati's not going to be a top-10 team every single year. So who is their, who is their Oklahoma-Texas? There who is, is there? Not I mean, one. Who is their staple? There, there isn't one. You don't have one. No. You don't, you don't have one. And, and that's why you can't sell it. How? How is it? Mm-hmm. No, you do in basketball. You got mm-hmm. the defending national well, champion. You got Kansas, a blue blood. Absolutely. You got Gonzaga, yes. new blue blood. I get that, but again, we're, we always say follow the money. The money is in football. No, I get it. It's is a it? football decision. But if you're not going to be part of the Big Four, and I don't believe any of those schools are going to be, then you have to. 
take your medicine, get the best case scenario where you can spend your fall, and then maybe elevate yourself in the winter months. I don't think it's great. Jeff, I got to let you go, man. I appreciate the call. Um, here's Scott Dockerman. So we were talking about the, the, the Cyhawk, the contract. So the, Doc found it, and this is the paragraph that I think matters. It reads, should either the Big 12 or Big 10 change their scheduling protocol to add additional conference games, to add additional conference games, the school whose conference makes the change shall contact the other school to discuss the feasibility of continuing this series. If it is not feasible to continue the series, the parties agree that this agreement shall become null and void and neither party shall owe the other any damages, provided the parties have each hosted the same number of home games under the agreement. So what does that mean? If the Big Ten is going backwards... They're not adding. They're subtracting a conference mm-hmm. game. I don't think that that, con- that, that paragraph, I don't, think it, I don't think it's pertinent here. No. They're not adding. They're subtracting. Boy. And then what do you do with the pandemic? Because last year should have been Iowa's year. There's right. going to be lopsided. Mm-hmm. Now, there is a clause that with the exception of these contingencies, war, act of God, pandemic so there's the answer there's the pandemic on the name that wasn't kidding all right we got to take a break it's 10 25 gonzaga to the big 12 basketball only and you want an even number so i do wichita in there i do two basketball only members Uh uh-huh they come in good brand with kansas along with with baylor texas tech's been really good played for a championship if would have should have could have won that game oklahoma state oklahoma state iowa state certainly had a run kansas state's had good teams Kansas state's had decent teams Good basketball league. It's a good basketball league. So while you're while you're taking a kick in the you know what's in football, you can take your basketball, elevate it, and you lose Oklahoma and Texas. Meh. The <laughs> Big basketball. East for basketball only, basketball only league. They get about eight million dollars a year from Fox. Mm-hmm. That's for basketball only. Mm-hmm. You throw football, which we know is more. Say it's double that. Say it's sixteen. Mm-hmm. You're talking $24 million a year, plus all the ancillary, the extra sports that go along with it. I don't think it's a stretch to get $25 million a year in TV money with that structure of a league. Don't think it's a stretch. And Gonzaga would get more money. Mm-hmm. Wichita State and the travel for Now, them. Kansas and Kansas State say it might, eh, let's, let's okay, slow well, down. Okay, we'll find somebody else. Well, I'm right. on Gonzaga. You can find the other school. Right. And you don't have to have an even number. Right. How about Creighton? No one, there's one. That's a good call. Right? Huge building. They yeah. fill it. Right. Great program. Right. Finally broke through. Mm-hmm. Got a Sweet 16 last mm-hmm. year for the first time in yeah. program history in the current structure. Yeah. I so like that. Screw Wichita State. Yeah, You're get out. them out of there. You're out. Great what you can with that. Gonzaga, come on down. Um, did you come up with that on your own? That's I well did. done. That's really well done. I mean... I like it. Wheels like returning. Uh, coming up, Frank Schwab, YahooSports.com, Miller and Condon, 1460 KX and 106.3 FM. Downtown Des Moines. Here is. Back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KX and 106.3 FM. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back. 1460 KX and 106.3 FM. Let's get right to them. We're a little bit late. 
Wanted to pick Frank Schwab's brain just as much as we can before we have to let him go. Frank Trenton, Ken in Des Moines, thank you, uh, as always, for doing this for us. Let's uh, away from NFL for a second. Uh, your thoughts as a Wisconsin grad on what you saw or maybe you were watching, certainly if, if you followed it, the alliance between the Big Ten, the Pac-12, and the ACC. What was your takeaway, if anything, Frank, from yesterday? Uh I don't know. This is all just such a mess. And I, I remember, look, I was in the first round of realignment. I was covering Air Force at the time. So I was right in the middle of it because, you know, the Mountain West was breaking sure. up and all that kind of stuff. And so I just had the same, like, honestly, once realignment hit and we just saw how greedy these schools are and how they'll trip over themselves and ruin centuries long, well, not centuries, decades long rivalries just to it's cash a little bit bigger check and have West Virginia traveling around the whole entire country just for a little bit, maybe more money in conference play, uh, you know, TV deals and all that kind of stuff. It just turned me off to college football. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm far less of a – like, I like the games. I'll watch the games. I'll watch Wisconsin games, obviously. But my any passion I had for college football kind of started dissipating right then because it was just such a ridiculous – cash grab and at the same time they're trying to tell us that you know well, how can we play the play pay the players like they're amateurs they're just in this for fun with all they're all like well you know big 10 network makes one million more per year than acc network we should jump to that like i mean it's it's so ridiculous that you know i mean the whole thing just bothers me look i, I don't want to be an old man and just be like oh i like the way things used to be but I just want the conferences to go back to what they were. Right. I, I want old big beast basketball, and I want, you know, I mean, uh, the Big 12 to, to not break apart and be kind of a mid-major. And I just, this, it's just bothersome. It's it, because it's just greed. It's not, there's nothing, there's nothing but money involved here. And for anybody after all this has happened, again, to say with any kind of a straight face that, oh, this is just about, you know, kids loving the games and amateurism and the uh, pure joy of sports and all that. It's utterly ridiculous. And, I mean, it's just it just has exposed all of college sports to be just money-grubbing. I mean, just, oh, just horrible. It is selfish, horrible people who don't care about the sport, don't care about the rivalries, the history, the traditions. All they care about is making, and not even like, I'm not even talking about making fortunes more. I'm talking yeah. about you're already making a fortune. Now you're going to make a fortune plus a little bit more. Uh, okay, is that worth selling your soul? I, I don't know. For college football, I guess it is. Texas, Oklahoma may be ruining the day that they made this decision. Uh, more money in the bank, but probably a whole lot more L's in the loss column. With that, Frank, let's jump to your specialty. That is the NFL. And want to start just to our east over in Chicago. Your takeaway, it will be Andy Dalton week one. Justin Fields will get game three of the preseason. Your takeaway, what Nagy is doing here. How is he handling, in your mind, this quarterback situation? And, uh, I mean, look, I, I don't think I'm on an island here. What's Matt Nagy doing? What is this whole, like, I have to start Andy Dalton? I have to see him in a regular season? Like, no, Matt, here's a, here's a newsflash for you. You really don't. Like, it's okay. You can start your better quarterback, who also happens to be your first-round pick in the future, who also happens to be pro- the guy who I'm assuming every single person in Chicago wants to see. That would be okay to make that decision. We all see where this is going. We... We all see that he's going to waste a game or two or three on Andy Dalton, maybe even just a half, and then he's going to make the switch, and that's going to be that. Why? 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 What's what's the point in this? Justin Fields is a better player, and is he going to make more mistakes right now? Yes, he will. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no doubt. But 
Are you telling me that, you know, it, it, it's the same thing if we end up talking about the 49ers, where you have this incumbent where, you know, we talk about, oh, he's steady, he's not going to make mistakes. But is that even true? Like, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo or Andy Dalton are these you know, kind of mistake-proof quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. They're just below-average starters who give you no upside whatsoever. Their their floor is probably overrated by people who just think that because they've been around a while that they're not gonna <laughs> that they're not gonna be bad. They could be bad. We've seen those guys be bad. I like Andy. I think Andy's had a really good career, and I think he's going to be a backup for the next ten years if he wants to be. But I never would start one game of Andy Dalton over Justin Fields at this point. Because why? What's the point? You're, the Chicago Bears are not going anywhere. They're, they're nope. definitely not going anywhere with Andy Dalton. So. I just don't see any point in starting Andy Dalton at all. And I get that maybe, you know, Matt Nagy did promise, like, uh, you'll get to be the starter. But then then you, you screwed that up initially because why would you do that? And then, you know what? It's the NFL. Things change. Like, <laughs> we got somebody better, Andy. It's a competition. And, hey, sorry. So, I don't know. I think this is just, of all the situations, you can make an argument for this or that or that. You cannot make an argument for Andy Dalton starting over Justin Fields. There's just no way to justify that. Uh, I, I'm with you, and I would say it's the same in New England with Mac Jones, who's been very – I've been impressed with him. Now, Cam Newton did have his best game yeah. in a long, long time, but Mac Jones has done enough to me that I think Belichick's got to uh, do, do uh, take a similar path. Start the kid. Yeah, I think so, too. I, and I think this way about all five rookie quarterbacks. And, and not just because I would start every single rookie quarterback, but just every individual situation kind of lines up that way. And in New England, yeah, I mean, again, I love Cam Newton. I've been one of Cam Newton's. You can go back and look at what I've written about Cam Newton over the years. I've been one of his biggest fans, biggest supporters. Even, you know, he as a player, I think he was just so unique that he got underrated. That, you know, people didn't know what to make of him. He's this... Six six. He says he's what two fifty, and I don't believe that for a second. He's basically like an offensive lineman playing quarterback and running over people, and has his cannon arm. And he won an MVP and almost won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I think he's he's had an excellent, unbelievable career. But we saw last year, he's just it, it's just not there anymore. And he had, always had this short shelf life because he ran so much and he took so much punishment. It's just why go back to that? I, you're right. I think Mac is is fully capable of running the offense they want to run where, you know, we've seen it years and years and years under Brady where you're not asking a guy to make howitzer throws downfield. You just, Hey, run the offense, get the ball to the right guys on time in, you know, in rhythm. And I think Matt can do that. And I think that, yeah, what, again, you look at, okay, if, if it's even, why go with the older guy? What's, what's going to be the upside there? Do we, do we really think Cam is rebounding to what he was? I mean, I hope he does. I think it'd be cool. It'd be great. But I don't think so. I don't think you can bank on that. So why not just go with the young guy? Yeah, you're going to have some lumps early on, but it's going to be good for the future, and it might be better for the present, too. Frank, give us a team that here in the preseason maybe is elevated Mm. in your mind and one that has gone the other way. We hate to overreact to preseason, but we overreact to preseason. (laughs) Right, right. I I mean, how could I not? I'll go with the negative first. How how could you not start with the Jaguars, right? Like, I mean, they have looked awful. Just absolutely terrible. And you add that on to all the ridiculousness of Urban Meyer and hold the whole, like, you know, Trevor Lawrence isn't going to be given the job. He's going to compete. Like, come on, Urban. Come on. This is, this is ridiculous. And, you know, and now Travis Etienne is hurt. 
And I actually felt pretty good about the Jaguars two, three weeks ago. I was like, okay, I'm going to ignore all the dumb Urban Meyer quotes and stuff he's doing because the guy can coach football and they're not going to be as bad and Trevor Lawrence is going to be great and all that kind of stuff. And then you watch them in the preseason and you're like, wow, this team might just be a disaster. Like They they just look like a team that, that just has no plan, has no... <laughs> competent coaching, uh, and maybe that turns around in regular season. I wrote about this yesterday where I basically said, look, what we see in the regular season isn't going to be what we see in week one. We're going to see some different things. We're, we'll, we'll make a judgment then on Urban Meyer and this whole thing, but what has happened over the past eight months that gives you any confidence that Urban Meyer can coach in the NFL? Like one thing, give me one thing that's happened since he got hired that leads you to believe that Urban Meyer was the right guy for that job, and there's just nothing. There's just absolutely nothing there, and it's kind of blind faith now that maybe Urban gets it together by the regular season. So I'm I'm much further down on the Jaguars. <laughs> Shockingly enough, I've won a 1-15 team that I actually have to be further down on than I was last year. Uh, and then, you know, the, the honest truth is this, because I got this asked this yesterday about the, which team has kind of jumped up or which players or anything. The answer is no, nobody, because I think that what we're seeing in the preseason is teams just blowing it off. Like, I, I it used to be, look, I, you know, I've been covering the league for 20 years, and until even five years ago, every team had the same plan for preseason. You starters, starters a little bit in the first game, uh, maybe a series or two, and then maybe a half in the second game, and then maybe a little more in the third game, and nobody plays in the fourth game. Now the entire preseason is like the fourth game. And I, it's the Sean McVay thing where he just said, I'm not getting my guys hurt. I don't see any value in the preseason whatsoever. I'll see these guys in practice, but I'm not getting my guys hurt. I'm not playing anybody at all. And I think that other coaches around the league who either – you know, no McVeigh or uh, the copycat league type of thing. They're all sitting there, guys. So I, I get less out of the preseason than I ever have before. It's, it's just like we're not seeing the key guys. We're not seeing anything from teams because I think, you know, not every team is doing this. Andy Reid still plays his guys, and, and you know, there's other coaches who kind of still take the preseason somewhat seriously. But there's enough teams out there that are just saying. Preseason means nothing to me at all. I'm not going to show anything. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to play anybody to where I just don't get anything out of the preseason anymore as far as like, oh, wow, this this team has really stood out to me. Not really. I mean, it's just I, I, I always tried to kind of ignore the preseason noise before, but it's easier than ever because <laughs> I think a lot of these teams just don't care anymore. Uh, Frank, we have a minute left. Uh, who's going to win the uh, – who's Fangio going to tab as his starting quarterback? And I, and I, was, I thought he was going to do it earlier in the week. Uh, what's, yeah. what's holding things up? Any idea who's it going to be? I don't know. I mean, every every sign out here points to Bridgewater. I mean, that he's he's kind of, if it was a competition, he's been the guy. Everybody says that, the, guy, the people who have covered the team and all that. So I kind of assume that that's the way this thing is heading. But maybe they're waiting because they're just holding out hope. I, I assume they wanted Drew Locke to win this job. That they, you know, at the end of the day, they said maybe the, maybe the light will turn on. Maybe he'll just have this lights out camp with competition behind him. And it just hasn't happened. He's been the same old Drew Locke. So, you know, with a coaching staff that knows that, hey, they might get fired at the end of this year, I think the safe play is Bridgewater, and I think that's what they're going to do. And and I think somebody pointed this out, whether it was Mark Schlereth or somebody like that on Twitter who said, you know, if, if, if Teddy Bridgewater doesn't win the job, that wasn't the competition. <laughs> and the players know that in the locker room, and they'll respond to it. So I think it'll be Teddy, but I think it is a little bit telling that they haven't made that choice yet. Uh, Frank Schwab, YahooSports.com. Frank, thank you. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thank you, Frank. 
Yep, absolutely, no doubt, guys. Yep, good to talk to you. Frank Schwab, yahoosports.com. We'll take a time out. Mitch Holtz's voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. He's coming up next. 1460 KX and Owen, 106. Hey, welcome back. Miller and Condon, 1460 KX and Owen, 106.3 FM. David Kaplan kicks off hour number two. Let's finish hour number one with our guy, Mitch Holt is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. He joins us. Papa John's of Central Iowa sponsors his daily appearances uh, throughout the month of August. Hello, Mitch Holtis. How are you? Good, Ken. I need to uh, text Kaplan and say thanks for being the warm-up band. Uh, (laughs) You guys didn't talk Cubs baseball, did you? No, he's coming up next. Oh, Cap, I'm the warm-up band for Cap. Well, I guess you could look at it that way. We don't. No, not at all. No, we had Frank Schwab warm you up uh, he, from from uh, Yahoo Sports. Talked NFL yeah, with this, Frank. Just tell Kaplan that you know I'm glad to like warm the seat for him and be his warm up band. I'm sure you cross paths so. doing basketball. Oh, you do basketball with Cappy. I know that. I do. Yeah. I do him with him. Yeah, I'll yeah, do yeah. one or two games a year with him in Chicago. Yeah, he's a good place, man. Uh, usually Loyola game or something, but he knows I'm a Northwestern fan. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, watching the Cubs is. Eef. Rough. Torture, yep. no doubt about it. Can't say the same about the Super Bowl favorite uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Mitch, I did not know this little note that you sent along. Tyreek Hill scored more touchdowns in the last, what was it, six years than anybody? I mean, I know he'd scored a bunch. Anybody. That's crazy. No, 46, and more than anybody. Now, you got to remember, he's got return touchdowns, yep. he's got rushing touchdowns, he's got receiving touchdowns. He's got 38 in just the last three years. If you look at 34 receiving touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns, and then a return touchdown. That's just in the last three years. Um, so you're pumping them out, you know, what, what is that, 40 divided by three. Uh, so he's awesome fantasy pick. I, I always caution everybody to take Chiefs because of the way Andy Reid spreads things around, but not necessarily with Tyreek Hill. But they've got to find some um, help for him. When you look, I'm going to feature Kelsey tomorrow. He's been even more of a war horse but Tyree Kill has played 2,900 snaps the last three years with 361 targets and 232 catches. I mean, that's a lot of tread on the tire. Mm-hmm. But the thing that's cool about Tyree Kill, and this is where I'm most proud of him, is he has learned to be a route runner. He has learned to be like a, uh, you know, a uh, Marvin Harrison in his prime or an Antonio Brown in his prime, where it's not just, oh, I'm going to run a nine route real fast at 23 miles an hour. It's third and four, and the game's on the line, and I'm going to get you six yards. It has actually been a point of emphasis for Tyreek Hill. For me, man, just taking it up, um, taking, it, taking it up another notch as far as, like, route running. You know, I feel like um, this is my year to, like, take over the, the, like, Sammy Watkins role as far as, like, route running, you know, um, being that third down guy, you know, um, whenever Pat needs him. You know, so that's just my main focus right now. You know, so you, you can see me running deep crosses across the field, running lightnings, like you know, whatever, whatever the case may be, man. I just need to be open on third down, just like Kels. So Kelsey's giving him a wedgie, as he was saying that, <laughs> uh, to be like Kelsey. So to give you the picture, but it, honestly, he's he closed out the game against Miami, New Orleans, Tampa in the regular season, and the divisional playoff game against Cleveland. You need six, you get seven. You need eight, you get nine. It's Marvin Harrison. And so it's not just a guy running fast when Wasp plays and such. So we know Tyreek Hill. We know Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Hartman, we feel like we know, and it feels like there's still upside. After that, look at the receiver group. Who else do you like? 
Well, Byron Pringle's come on with like a bullet. I mean, he's he's got a star by his name. Now, what's he going to end up being, Trent? I don't know. Is that 40 catches, 30 catches? He's made critical catches. He pulled him out of the fire against Detroit in the 19th season with the catch on the game-winning drive. Um, he's made big plays. I mean, we've seen a 104-yard return for a kickoff return against Denver last year. He is learning his craft. I call him the door hinge because he does so many things in the offense, and Andy Reid uses him. But the question is, can he be get 20 more catches? Can he get 300 more yards? Can he get two or three more touchdowns? He's shown that propensity in the preseason. So I would answer your question with Pringle. Uh, let's stay in that position. So is there, we know the dart, uh, the fountain from you and I, he's opened some eyes. He's going to be very difficult or he'll be a difficult decision. Is it between him and Robinson for that spot? No, D Rob's on, he, okay. he's in. So, uh, the spot would be, do they go five or six? Ken, that's the first question. Five wide receivers were six. If they go five, it is a question I think between, uh, Marcus Kemp and Fountain, mm-hmm. maybe Gary Dieter. And the tipping point will be special teams because you need a poor man's Matthew Slater in that guy. Four core special teams, stud, plays gunner, flyer, uh, and then, oh, go get you some catches when you need them. And Fountain looks like he can be that guy. We know Kemp is that guy. So if you keep six wide receivers, I could see both Kemp and Fountain being on the team. If you keep up five, it becomes much more problematic. You know, it was interesting on Twitter. Did you, I don't know if you saw his tweet. It was almost like a plea, just give me one more year. Did you mm, see that? No, I didn't. His, his, uh, his tweet is like, I just need one more year, one more year. That means to get another accrued year for him. Right. And I think that, that it, we, if he gets one more accrued year, then he would be eligible for 401K the rest of his life right. and medical dental uh, by being a fully vested player. I, I'm rooting for Darius Fountain right now, not just because he's a UNI Panther. And that's what, three years, Mitch? To be fully vested? Yeah, fully vested after three years. Unbelievable. Well, let's, uh, since we've been running out of time, I don't want to do that. Let's give uh, our friends at Papa John all the time that they deserve to talk about their specials and what they do here in central Iowa. I know, I still haven't got this new special yet. The drone is is stuck over the top of the principal building. It's headed over towards your building now, but I think it's deliver a Papadilla. A couple of them for you guys as lunch. You know, they've got the. this new uh, Parma Papadilla that's been their August special, along with the special uh, epic stuffed crust pizza, that's also an August special. But I'm still waiting for – it's like the old movie Stripes where they had that tank covered up with the with the uh, tarp. It's like you're looking at what's under there, what's under there, like the Barrett-Jackson auto auction, like what's under there. <laughs> and so we're still waiting for that. I'm pleading for the Donaldsons. Let me know because our KXNO audience needs to know. We are hungry for it, Mitch Holtis. Good stuff. We will hear about from <laughs> Travis Kelty tomorrow, will we? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The war horse. War horse. He's been unbelievable. Mitch, have a great day. Talk to you tomorrow at this time. Thank you. See you guys. Yep, see you. Good to talk to you. Mitch Holtis, voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Hour one has come to an end. Hour two will begin with David Kaplan. Uh, Cap, of course, from Chicago. Look forward to catching up with Cap. Talk some Bears. We'll talk some White Sox. Talk about how bad Barrios is. Yes, Jesus, he was terrible. Inconsistent. He sure is. Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.